Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is your favorite stylist, favorite stylist, the one and only Sunette Nicole herself, leader of all things luxury and the soft girl society, the style psychologist, all the things, all encompassing. I have a million titles. But more importantly, you are tapped in, tuned in, and turned on to the Flyers podcast around Sunette Nicole approved the podcast that is here every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. on 92.6 The Spot. I want to wish you guys a wonderful Wednesday morning. I hope you guys are having an amazing week, that everything is going your way and off to a great start. I think the week is like flying by. I think all the weeks are literally flying by. I'm glad in the sense that like things are getting done. Spring has sprung minus the allergy energy. It's it's feeling good. And I feel like the more sunshine, you know, the better, the better the mood, the better the judge, the better just my overall days go. So I would say that's the positive and I'm very much glass half full if you follow me. And the Sinet Nicole experience in my journey, you know that I'm very much always optimistic and operate under the guise of glass, glass half full. So always start with the positive, right? That's the positive. I would say the only downside to like time going by fast is like the feeling of like overwhelm, you know, and I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm sure as a human, you know, my listeners, my Sinet Nicole style squad and luxury loves and soft girl and guy society can probably identify with at some point feeling like time is moving so fast that it's overwhelming and you know kind of scary and sometimes sad because you kind of want to bask in certain moments or the kids are getting older and taller so fast and all the things and all the things or it sometimes it just feels like there's not enough time in a day there's not enough time in a week or a month to accomplish all of the goals that you set forth for yourself but for me I would say something that has been helpful and you know me I'm always going to plug you guys in on all the things that improve your life not just fashion wise but your overall lifestyle and something that has helped me as it relates to my life personally that I've done in recent years is to like make note of one's progress right to to um to be proud of my progress right is to note it is to remind myself of it I think that I'm my own worst critic I don't know about you guys but I'm definitely my own worst critic I give everybody else in the world grace I am still a work in progress as it relates to giving said grace to myself. And I think that, you know, when we hold ourselves to a high standard, we are naturally hard on ourselves, but we need to learn the beauty and the balance of pushing and propelling ourselves forward, but also being proud of the progress that we've already made and that we continue to make each day. You know, every day that you're blessed to be alive and above ground is a chance to make things better. And so even if I'm not where I want to be or where I believe I should be at this juncture, it doesn't negate all the things that I've already done, how far I've come, the accomplishments that I have completed, and try and, and the and the tragedies, trials, and tribulations that I've triumphed over throughout the journey, you know, the hurdles that I've climbed is also an accomplishment. And it should be an accomplishment. Or at least I would hope that you guys would also see those things in your life that you've overcome as accomplishments too, because accomplishments are not just like things that are on paper, but they are personal experiences that you've gotten through. You know, the only way out is through. I operate under that guise, under under that guise as as well as a myriad of other mantras and guises that I have. And um, so I'm just working, pushing through and persevering as always, but just writing down each week the things that I've accomplished and looking back on those things um, has enabled me to calm down a little bit as it relates to the amount of pressure that I put on myself to accomplish my goals, be it via, you know, my brand, Senate Nicole LLC, and, you know, reaching the quarterly um goals that I set out for the brand, whether it be as a mom, 
and you know my fellow milfs and moms can obviously attest to like the pressure um that it is to be full-time 24 7 hands-on mom while actually um trying to pour into yourself so that you have the energy to continue to be a mom every single day right so like um just making sure that i'm doing the best i can to raise um the best type of human that I can, the most genuine, compassionate, loving, um, kind, genuinely happy, healthy, successful um, young woman. And so um, if you guys listened to last week's episode, I had my baby Bella Rose on as a guest host once again, and we had a really great dialogue and banter about parenting um, and the modern traditional parent, which I consider myself to be, and what are the differences between being a modern parent and a traditional parent and what her thoughts are on or her lens of my parenting is and why and all the things that come with um, raising a young woman, raising a preteen that's almost a teenager and the ebbs and flows of mother-daughter relationships. So I would implore you guys, if you haven't caught, um, if you didn't catch last week's episode live on the radio, that you can um, find the replays on Spotify, iHeart, um, Amazon Music, and um, there's one more uh yeah iheart amazon spotify apple music so you can find um sinet nicole approved there under the 92.6 the spot radio page or the sinet nicole approved page either or we appreciate um the taps the listens and the plays for sure and if you haven't done so already make sure you also download the 92.6 the spot radio app on your uh devices and you can listen to it on the and you know on the way to work or wherever you travel in the morning you get to hear my beautiful voice every wednesday um should you so choose so do right and choose right <laughs> but um yeah so i definitely think that we are our own worst critics and so that's just my little tidbit for the week that just reminded myself in addition to my to-do list and all of my um hyper organizational tools that get me through the week Writing a list of the things that I've accomplished has been very helpful. And looking back from January to now, I've been going full steam ahead, no holds bar. And I'm very proud of myself for continuing to keep the momentum despite any turbulence, temporary turbulence that may, that I may, um, incur, you know, on the way. So, um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to God for a a brand new day. I'm thankful to God to have the opportunity to share with you all of my love of fashion, luxury, life lessons, and for my guests to participate in these healthy, amazing dialogues that we have here. I'm so thankful for the all the amazing feedback that I've gotten for people who support the brand, follow on socials, continue the conversation um, in the comments, and post, like, even share. You know. Every single inkling of support is truly appreciated. I just want you guys to know that. Shout out to, you know, New York. (laughs) Shout out to the West Coast, the South, the Midwest, and the um, overseas listeners who tapped in, tune in, and turn on loyally to Sinet Nicole Approved. You guys have no idea how appreciative I am, and I'm so excited for what's to come and the elevation of Sinet Nicole Approved podcast, as well as all of the other Sinet Nicole endeavors that you guys support. So I'm really excited to share good news with you um, in the coming weeks and to share more bomb guests with you as well. There has been so much going on, though, like as it relates to just like popular culture, um, in celebrity news. And I thought I would take this particular episode to really cover like some hot topics as they would call it. Um, and 
just kind of apply a common thread to said hot topics that I keep seeing, keep seeing on all my socials and um, outlets or whatever. I keep seeing the same um, headlines, right? And so I am, I don't know if it's the psychology major in me or just the way my mind works that I can thread together like a common a common like subject matter and apply it to like mul- a multitude of things at one time. And so I there's a few topics, right, that I wanted to like touch on with you guys and see what you guys' thoughts were about it um, as it relates to the subject matter of accountability, right? And so accountability is something that I think as adults, um, at some point in our lives, we will all have to take or we should take accountability. I think that sometimes as it relates to people who are in a public eye, it could appear as, right, that they are above accountability or that because they have a team of PR and, and, and different types of people to kind of like fin- f- uh, help them to finesse their way out of situations that they don't a- have to actually take the accountability. Or sometimes, you know, they have such a cult following and so many stands that their behavior is excusable because of their level of fame, right? And so I think that those are the common threads that I've seen um, throughout the years and just overall these um, these current stories that I'm going to share with you guys. And like I said, I definitely want to know what you think. Um, I always ask my group chats, shout out to the group chats, what they think, because um, I'm in a few. <laughs> and I definitely want to know what you guys think and want to continue the conversation in social. So the first, um, the first like headline that I kept seeing for like the past few months or whatever was this, this headline about a, a TV show on Bravo. I don't know if you guys follow, but if you do, then I, I'm sure you'll have a lot to say. A TV show that was recently aired for a few weeks on Bravo called Queens of R&B with two, um, legendary, um, R&B girl groups of the 90s that were trying to get together to do like a tour right and so I guess the premise of the show was following the two groups the groups are SWV and Escape love them both they all have bops and all that jazz um and so I thought it was you know a good premise for a show or whatever I just think that you know things went awry apparently I had to end up watching the whole thing all the episodes to kind of get gauge what was happening so uh, apparently in Escape, there are four members, right? You have Candy Burris, who's on Housewives, and she has a myriad of other businesses. Tiny, who, you know, obviously, you if you don't know her from the 90s, you know her from the family hustle with T.I. T.I.'s her husband. They have seven kids and all that jazz. Um, Tiny and Candy actually wrote No Scrubs, as and it got a Grammy for that, and a myriad of other things they went on to do after their group disbanded. The other two members of Escape is Latasha and, I think, Tamika. Latasha and Tamika are sisters, like blood sisters came out the same mom and dad, right? So the I guess the premise of the show was supposed to be about the two groups getting together and, like, forming this tour and how the process goes. It turned out that in showcasing their families, a myriad of drama ensued, right? Not uncommon from reality TV, so... To make a long story short, basically Tamika, which is the younger sister, accused Latasha, which is the older sister, and she considers herself the lead singer of the group or whatever, um, accused her and her husband of stealing $30,000 from Tamika. So Tamika's like very emotional about it and she brings it up on camera. And then the mom, who seems to play a little bit of favorites with Latasha and seems to like exacerbate whatever the sisterly... Um, the uh, like the uncomfortable um sisterly dynamic is the mom exacerbates it like she makes it worse so Tamika's obviously very emotional saying that a few years ago her sister and her sister's husband who 
apparently has a lot of mess going on with him in the media as well. He used to work with R. Kelly for 20 plus years, according to um, him. So that's saying a lot without saying it. Um, and he's had other shady business dealings, allegedly, that have gone awry. He is his wife's manager. And allegedly, there were checks that were coming to all the group members from this website that Tiny's mom had found from for them to obtain royalties. The royalty checks were supposed to be mailed to each member's uh, house. Candy got hers, Tiny got hers, Latasha got hers, Tamika didn't get hers. So Tiny's mom, being the, you know, the great lady that she is, followed up. Like, girl, you didn't I signed you up for this, you didn't get your checks yet. She said no. So they called the place, they investigated and found that her checks were in fact mailed, but they were mailed to her sister. And her sister and or the husband allegedly forged signatures and had her documentation, uh, like her pictures of her ID or passport and her social um, and basically forged uh, and endorsed the check into their accounts. So, you know, they deny it, kept denying it, kept denying it. It was a big social media back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And eventually um, Tamika decided to post receipts. The receipts look real. It looks like the money was stolen. Um, and in, instead of like, you know, either taking accountability and apologizing her sister seems to like not just double down right and kind of like deflect her and her husband are like talking in circles very it's very annoying um and unfortunate and so it kind of looks like you, you they you did what they said y'all did because there's never a straight answer there's a lot of finger pointing there's absolutely no accountability um one minute she's um accusing her sister of having mental health issues and uh, making claims of her sister making a sex tape, which again, I don't know what that has to do with you stealing her money. And then the next moment she's on like live crying and sobbing and apologizing, but still never admitting to stealing the money or taking any accountability for whatever has transpired between her and her sister. She also has static with Candy Burris, which is a longstanding thing. And I think one of the reasons why the group disbanded was because she wanted to go solo. So now 30 years later, she wants to go solo again. She just did a gospel project, um, apparently. And so then she starts to blame it on people don't want me to sing gospel and all this nonsense. And we're like, girl, did you steal your sister's money or not? And if you did apologize, take accountability and give her 30 K back straight up. Like, so I say all that to say that, like, do we put public figures, celebrities, new celebrities, OG celebrities, do we put them on a pedestal? Not me personally, but just in general, the general public. Do we put them on a pedestal for them to feel like they could they could pull the wool over our eyes, they could fast talk, they could talk in circles, they could cry, they could make scenes, they could point fingers, they could deflect and actually not take accountability? Because like I said, I saw a lot through the, the six episodes they had, but I never once saw her on social media or on the episodes ever take any accountability for any of her behavior and a lot of it was very much deplorable and just unfortunate hopefully they could work it out hopefully her sister gets her money back somehow but there was just no accountability to this day I think I think this week she did another interview doubling down and now blaming the producers of the show which I think is like Mona Scott on how she and the other ladies were portrayed and how the show was supposed to be about the journey to the tour and not the drama I would say yes production produ produces right like they edit they chop and screw things and things do come across in a way that is more appealing to the audience and more salacious and more scandalous however comma most producers will reply and rebuttal by saying you listen we can't give the public anything you didn't give us
So if you would have have not have done what was alleged that you did, then it would be no conversation about it, right? So in that respect, you gotta respect it, right? And you know what comes with reality TV, you know what type of production um, Mona and her people do. So you kind of got to take the good with the bad in a way. Right. And so again, it's always a deflection for me. It's unfortunate. Um, like I said, I hope her sister gets back her money and hopefully they could work that out. But I really didn't. That's the one thing I didn't like was that she was pretty much the only party that like, just didn't take accountability for that incident as well as like a myriad of other like shady dealings that allegedly her husband was doing with the group and just like other things that occurred in the group, I guess, back in the day, for which she just pretended like she didn't remember. Like people were, I think she had an interview on the radio with the brat and the brat was like, you were really mean. And people were scared of you when we were younger, when we were on tour. And she's like, I don't recall. I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. And it's just kind of like, girl, girl. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes I feel like if you're not going to take accountability, it's better just to not do the interviews. It's better not to say anything. It's better not to double down. I think double doubling down to meet for celebrities comes off pompous like it comes off arrogant it comes off like there's no compassion or concern for whoever they wronged and the general public the people that support them to me personally I'm not a PR I would have to um talk to my PR people or my cousin um who's in PR and you know ask their opinions and maybe I'll have her on or another PR on but I don't think you should double down um speaking of doubling down Marcus Houston has been in, I guess, the media, you know, um, recently. Marcus Houston, for people who don't know, you might know him from the popular 90s sitcom Sister Sister. He was Roger. He was also in a pretty popular boy group back in the day called Immature. Um, But he hasn't been doing much lately from what I know. I think he's been doing, like, Hallmark movies and, like, other movies and producing movies, according to, like, what he said on this clip, right? And so there's a, some clips going around of him. I don't know if it's like unsung or uncensored. One of those shows, you know, on like, um, what's that channel? It's not BT. It's like TV One, right? Which is a derivative of like a BT channel. It's like a, it's like a, another version of BT. If you catch my drift. And so, basically, like he was on the show. I guess they were profiling like him and like his journey or whatever. And he basically like addresses the rumors or, or the, 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 um, his marriage, right? So his marriage, I've, I've heard, I've heard a little, um, kerfuffle about it here and there, but I really didn't care enough to like be research the story. And so I kept seeing the clips this past week. And so basically his, his wife is 22. He married her a few years ago when she was 19, teen being the operative word here, right? Because I feel like I don't care if you're over 18, as, as long as you have the word teen attached to your age, it's problematic for me, um, personally for a man, especially if his age was 36 when they got married, knocking on 40, a grown, grown man, um, to, have first of all have dialogue with you because for what you're you're he's twice your age and two to want to marry you so so yeah so it's problematic and so his excuse was essentially that his excuse was essentially that he didn't connect with her or even talk to her until she was of age which I guess what he would assume he would consider to be 18 and that they have mutual friends prior to that but they connected over their love of God once she was of age. Now, what mutual friends would you have with a 17-year-old, right? Because you said you met her before she was of age. 
what what mutual friends as a 36 year old man would you have with a 17 year old and a 36 year old man who has teenage friends is indicative of a, a myriad of problems right one being that your mindset is so youthful and so immature no pun intended for his group name that you would find commonalities commonalities with children right and you are twice their age number two it gives creep it gives predator it gives pedophilia it gives grooming that's what the story says to me again not calling names but that's what it's giving that's the energy that it's giving any 36 year old man who's hanging around teenagers to me has a mental health cognitive serious deficit that needs to be addressed and or a issue a predator pedophilia grooming agenda to be involved with said children there's no reason there's no reason you're twice her age so i'm not sure what mutual friends they could have had love of god cool if you are truly a man of god i don't think that you would want your daughter to be dating a man who is almost 40 as a teenager number three what could what what type of life experience has she had for you guys to have anything in common so that brings me to my next point, right? So then people are obviously going crazy on social media, like, yo, you're a predator, you groomed her, this is gross, what could you have in common with a teenager, you marry her at 19, there's no excuse, it's weird, it's giving weird vibes, I'm not sure, like, what kind of maturity level, and she could be the most mature 19-year-old on the planet, it's still, to me, me personally, it would be unacceptable for me. Um... It's a no all around. So he then recently makes another statement again with the doubling down. No accountability, nothing, right? If you don't feel that you need to be accountable or you have to explain yourself to the public, then don't. That's your right. But it's the doubling down and continue to talk in circles and make yourself look even worse, which which baffles me because I would just be quiet. I would just shut up, right? So then he, he makes another comment basically saying, and now using older women's ages to weaponize that against them to, to give reasoning, right? And make an excuse for the reason why he wouldn't date someone his own age. And he's like, well, someone 41, which I assume is what he is now, a woman 41 comes with too much baggage. They have children. They're hyper-independent. You know, I come from an age where like women feel like they don't need a man, um, and so I just don't think that we would have anything in common. Right. And so I'm just like, everyone comes with baggage, women, men, whatever grown people come with baggage because they come with responsibilities. They come with life experiences. They come with past relationship, right. Um, experiences. They come with a myriad of things as do you, sir. You have baggage too because you're the same age. So far be it from you to use a woman's life experiences against her. I think that when people, again, point the finger without taking accountability for their um, weirdo behavior, it's more so indicative of someone who is inadequate. And instead of acknowledging their inadequacies and working on that, they then weaponize someone's experiences or things that are beyond their control, like being a single mom and all those things against them to rationalize inappropriate behavior or to rationalize something that they have convictions about that they feel is just right. If that's right for you and you got away with it and you're able to live your life, God, God bless and God speak because only God can really judge you. But let's not act like a thing is not a thing. 
and please don't piss on somebody and tell them it's raining. Like, please stop acting like it's normal to be friends with a teenager at 36 because it's never going to be normal. So there's there's that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really did resent him saying that, like, older women are too independent and I wouldn't be able to, like, gel with them. You can just say, I don't really like women my age, but I, but I you know, waited till my my wife was of age to marry her and leave it at that instead of using again women who are over 41 making assumptions that they all have kids and they all have baggage baggage being the operative word because the way in which he formulated the sentences made it seem like baggage you know would be a negative thing most people who use the word baggage when talking about relationships do obviously mean it in a negative or derogatory way that's the way I read it like I said this is my lens and my lens only everybody could like look on the shade room and all these other like little um places that um these like you know media outlets to um decide their thoughts on you know his particular commentary on it um and so he basically says that dating a 41 year old woman could have been disastrous i would i would uh, you know um i would gather that grooming a young woman of 19 years of age to be your wife who has no life experiences and robbing her of the chance to date and to go to college and to do all the things that young teenagers do would be more disastrous than rationalize it by using the veil of God um, and the excuses that 41 year old women who are actually your age have too much baggage and are too independent for you. So I would, that would be my rebuttal personally, if I were having any dialogue with this man, but um, yeah, like I said, God bless and God speak because God's going to judge at the end of the day. Um, and so, yeah, the whole conversation about them being independent. Oh, I don't need a man to do this or that for me. I think that like, Again, you can be hyper independent. You, two things can be true at the same time. I'm hyper independent. One of the most independent women you ever want to meet. However, comma, when I am in the right relationship where I feel safe and I feel that my man has leadership quality and that he is capable of making me feel in the way that I deserve as a woman, then I have no problem with him playing the leadership role and doing his job as a man to protect and provide. So I think that that's another like preconceived notion. And it's very ignorant to assume that because a woman is hyper independent, that she always wants to do everything herself, because that's not the case. I know how to do everything myself. I have done the majority of things for myself, but that doesn't mean that I want to. And please believe when I'm married, <laughs> yes, you will take the lead. I want to be able to just walk around, no wallet, no keys, and feel so safe that my husband's going to get me from point A to point B and figure it out. And that has nothing to do with age. That just has to do with my preference. I would prefer. Sure. Do you lead? But there's a, there's one, there's, there's a difference between leading and controlling. And it, it appears to me based on his commentary, like I said, this is my observation through my lens personally, through his commentary and his consistency to double down on the nonsense is that he's, he was looking for someone to control, not looking for someone to build a partnership and a fruitful marriage with, for which he could, um, you know, share his love of God and all that judge and be the man and be the leader because nobody really has a problem with that. And I'm sure the majority of women that he's speaking about that have this alleged baggage will love to unload said baggage and let a real man lead if he was that. Right. And so for me, it's just like, child, go on about yourself and please stop talking, sir, because I just don't think it makes any more sense to talk. 
you married her when she was of age, technically, and you share a love of God and you're happy and she appears happy and that's that. Leave it at that. You know what I mean? Our our opinions really don't matter, but the fact that you keep doubling down makes people want to continue to comment. So you can't really, you can't, one, you're a public figure, so you're, you know, prone to scrutiny, be it fair or unfair. And two, you keep bringing, you keep using, again, deflective commentary and jargon to prove a point that will never be proved because nothing about it is still appropriate <laughs> so it's just like it already happened though so far be it from us to, to to what are we gonna do about it you know what i mean the champagne i sprinkle don't make you tinkle and vice versa so listen live and let live good luck and godspeed i as a mother would not ever be okay with my child dating a 36 year old as a teenager 18 19 17 teen in general absolutely the hell not it's not happening but i don't know her situation with her parents there was a rumor about her being a runaway so who knows you know that might have played into you know allegedly again all commentary is alleged because we don't know and i make that disclaimer here all commentary is alleged and based on you know what is being said in the media and not actual um it may not be actual facts that's the senate and co llc disclaimer but yeah like child police like um if she wasn't running it makes perfect sense why she would be more vulnerable and more inclined to look for a subliminal father figure in him and and agree to marry him at such a young age and that's a that's just my psychology um expertise talking there but moving right along because child the the gall the great a audacity and lack of accountability of it all yes 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 moving right along with another hot topic um Jonathan Major is being dropped from his PR and his management and all of um his his pretty much the majority of his team has dropped him. Jonathan Majors for those of you who don't know is a, a, a African American actor. He was just in Creed with Mommy and Mommy and Mommy and Michael B Jordan. Um and in in a myriad of other I think like action films if I'm not mistaken and other things and you know his star was really rising and he's on all these magazine covers and doing all these interviews and he's like the one to watch right now right and so unfortunately right after you know coming off the heels of the success of Creed and all these interviews and um I think he did an Essence cover where he got like draws on and roses on him and all the girls was doing the most on Twitter about it uh, my sister actually loves him um. And, you know, muscular guy, I guess, you know, people would say he has a nice body um, and all that zhuzh and zhuzh and zhuzh. Just coming along, has new movies coming and all the things. And then he gets hit, boom, uh, I think a week or two ago with a domestic violence charge from his girlfriend. Not that it makes a difference, but his girlfriend is of the Caucasian persuasion, um, which is a whole other topic that we can get to into in a, on another day. But there is another hot topic that addresses that as well um, about, you know, black celebrities, male is in particular, marrying, marrying and dating white women. But um, yeah, so his girlfriend accused him of domestic violence. You know, obviously he is denying the allegations from what we've heard. I haven't heard anything. Well, I haven't really, like I said, I don't usually tap into things unless it's like hammering, you know, every five seconds I'm seeing it. So that's why I'm speaking on it because these are things that keep popping up on my damn timeline. So I'm like, might as well speak about it and see what the style squad, um, and, um, the Sinet Nicole soft girl society thinks of it. Right. So we know that 
domestic violence is an extremely serious topic. I was actually, full disclosure, a domestic violence counselor for a short period of time. It was a very overwhelming and emotionally and mentally debilitating and draining job. And so I had to leave that particular um, position. But it's a very serious thing. I take it very seriously. No matter what color you are, you do not deserve to be abused. And there's a myriad of types of abuse, physical, emotional, financial, psychological, all the things, right? Um, I believe this was a physical domestic violence dispute. I believe that his people initially were saying that um, it didn't happen and that the party texted him and they were like trying to prove that like her texts were indicative of her basically alluding to that he didn't do anything to her, right? I don't know. I didn't look at the text. So I don't really want to speak too much on that. But I will say that I hope that he didn't do it. I don't think anyone deserves to be abused on any level. And if you feel that you can't control yourself physically or um, what have you, then you need to leave the situation before harming anyone um, and putting yourself in a position to, you know, for what's happening now, which is like he's being dropped. You know, everyone, whether you are guilty or not, people kind of make that decision beforehand in, in the general public. And some people stick it out with you as it relates to your team and other others back away. And maybe there's more information than what we know. And maybe it looks worse to them than, than, than what we're seeing in the media or whatever. And so they just decided to drop him um, recently. Um, that's the story that I saw this week. And um, that's unfortunate, you know, especially if he didn't do it, that's unfortunate. But if he did do it, these are the consequences um, among jail time, possibly, right, that come with domestic violence is a really serious thing. So you just have to be very, um, you just have to be, you just have to keep your hands to yourself and try your best not to get into situations that would lead you into, you know, someone possibly, if it's not true, right, because we know it's all alleged right now, um, just be careful and keep your circle tight so that you don't get to situations where people can say things about you that are untrue. So we don't know if it's true or not. Um, in this particular situation, I don't know if there's accountability to be had, but my question would be, um, just like I said, because I keep seeing this headline, do you think that he should take accountability for, um, any, any kind of kerfuffle that might've happened? Do you think that he should make a statement? Do you think that his team was right to back away from him um, so quickly before everything unfolds? Do you think that, I have a myriad of questions. Do you think that black celebrities are held to a different standard than white celebrities as it relates to, you know, really triggering subject matters such as domestic violence or any kind of violent um, crimes that they are accused of, right? We know just in the general sense of life black people are always going to be judged more harshly um criminal charges are always going to be more harsh sentencing is hard you know five times harsher on a black person than it is on a white we know that you know there's a system that is literally working um to continue to keep our community oppressed but i really think that sometimes we kind of conflate the two things. Like we conflate the idea of like a black man doing something wrong with the man and the oppressor trying to keep us down. And again, like I always say, two things could be true at the same time, right? He may or may not have done this, but, and I think that sometimes the media does portray, sometimes, mostly all the time, the media will portray a black person who is allegedly accused of something 
so much worse than any other race. Absolutely, I think that. However, comma, does it take away from those black um, figure public figures that do do wrong? Does it negate the wrong? Can we still acknowledge that they've done wrong without condemning our entire community? I think that sometimes we uh, we attach our our entire glory and our entire um, record of accomplishments as a community on the couple bad apples that you know may have tried to spoil the bunch. I don't. They say one bad apple spoils the bunch, right? That's like a little thing I used to do when I was teaching. I used to say that, right? There used to be one of the things that they would tell us to tell the young kids. But the reality is one bad apple may spoil a bunch, but it shouldn't. And we need to figure out how to make it so that just because some one or two people in our community do something that's not appropriate, it doesn't take away from how amazing we are as a whole, but it also doesn't give us the leeway to kind of excuse bad behavior because the world is oppressing us. We need to learn how to hold each other accountable and press on to do better moving forward. Again, this is just the Sinet Nicole lens of things, but I think you catch my drift. I hope all works out for everyone involved in that situation. That's very unfortunate. Um, the team, him being, the, the reason why it's concerning is because I feel like, again, whether the information is true or not, more information than what we have has had to, ha- has had to been, delivered to his team for them to back away like that and it does suck because like I say you could be hot one minute and nobody the next like here today gone tomorrow like it's really that serious in show business like it's really a dog eat dog world it's ruthless and one minute everyone could love and adore you like I say he just did all these magazine covers and all these things and he's the, he's the guy to watch and he's the it guy and he's all the things honey every where I turned he was there being celebrated and in two seconds flat one allegation comes out and he has no team Next thing you know, they're going to start pulling movie movie roles that he's already signed up for uh, away from him. You know, hopefully, like I said, if he didn't do it, I hope I hope not. I hope that he's vindicated if he didn't do it. But if he did do it, you got to face the music, black, white or polka dot. We don't we do not condone domestic violence Um, here at Sinet Nicole. We don't condone any forms of abuse ever. So, like I said, Godspeed to all involved. And I hope that it all works out the way it's supposed to. Um. So we're going to get into my Coachella faves because, you know, we always have to add the fashion. This is a fashion, luxury, and life lessons podcast. We're focusing more on the life lessons portion of today with the with the topic of accountability. We're going to go, but we still got to, I still got to tell you who I loved as it relates to the fashions at Coachella this weekend, honey. Um, Coachella is always an interesting presents an interesting visual presentation if you catch my drift like it's very it's very um it's very silicon valley cow girl meets california dream meets rave-esque clothing if that makes sense so when certain people who are not who don't understand the um for certain people who don't understand the the judge, like the style, the 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 um theme, they think that everybody looks effing crazy. <laughs> but that's the point. You're supposed to look a little disheveled. You're supposed to look like you've been in a desert all day. You're supposed to look like things don't go together. Like that's the judge. But anyway, before we get to Coachella phase, I just wanted to touch on one more thing because I know, like you, I know, like myself, you know, when I have the time, which is rarely, 
I'm a binge on Netflix. If I'm not going to do nothing else, um, when I have a Sunday or just a day where there's nothing going on, like I said, which is very rare, I was actually studying for, for um, a certification, which we'll get to later, while binge watching Love is Blind season four. I actually really do like <laughs> the Love is Blind series, but they they kind of work my nerves this this season for a myriad of reasons. And um, so Netflix just started this thing, for those of y'all who don't know, live viewings of shows, right? I think Chris Rock's special last month was a live view, and that was like their first live viewing. So you go onto your Netflix at a certain time when they tell you to, and you could see everything live in color, no pre-recordings, and people love live things. That's why we got Instagram live and all the zhuzh, because we love to be live, right? That's that's the zhuzh now. So... Love is Blind decided to do something no one's done before on Sunday night. They decided that they were going to do a live recording on Netflix of the reunion. Now, in the grand scheme of things, right, and from a marketing perspective, again, I'm not a marketing expert, but from a marketing perspective, I thought this was bomb. Like, yes, give us a live reunion. Nobody has ever really done a live reunion when we do these, when we watch these shows, right, these reality shows or whatever we watch. I think a live reunion is good because you can hold somebody's feet to the fire in real time, right? You could talk about something that happened yesterday with regards to the story because we all know that once filming wraps and once the show premieres, the people in on the show are going back and forth on social media, you know, receipts are being dropped, uh, exclusive clips are being dropped or like extra tea that you might not have seen, like different things, the stories develop even more after the show usually the the reunions are recorded so many months or weeks ago that whatever's going on on social media can't be addressed by the host who's asking the questions so like i said from a marketing standpoint and from a from an audience a viewing standpoint yes give us the live right so everybody is tapped in everywhere you know i'm seeing every everybody's covering love is blind love is blind love is blind it was crazy this person was the villain that person was the villain now i already had who i thought was the villain once I watched all the episodes, but you know, Netflix threw a monkey wrench in the game. You know, the gag is the real villain was Netflix. Cause how dare y'all have a glitch so bad that you have millions of people waiting for an hour and almost 20 minutes after the time you said the live was going to premiere waiting on their computers and TV screens for this live to come. And when I tell you Twitter and the whole social media dragged Netflix for filth, even Hulu, Bravo, Peacock chimed in with their shady tweets because it's absolutely ridiculous that y'all have millions upon millions upon millions of our dollars. You raised the prices this year. You are password gatekeeping. Now people can't share passwords, but have the audacity to make people wait an hour and a half practically for a live viewing of a show that y'all promised and was promoting every five seconds online. So that Netflix was really the villain and people like somebody said, and I like the tweet, like, but if I don't come with my payment every month on time, it's a problem. Right. But y'all couldn't slight us with the live. So for me, I just felt like that was whack because in, in essence, after waiting all that time, first of all, I was like telling my daughter, like, turn it off. Cause like who's sitting around to wait for that thing to spin and spin and spin to see something. So, after an hour and a half or so, they finally um, got on, right? It wasn't live. I guess the hour and a half was them just taping it, and then they posted it, right, um, on Netflix as soon. So I guess it was same-day delivery, but it wasn't what we ordered. Anyway, so 
for for all of that weight and for all of the inconvenience, I feel like everybody should get a month free of Netflix, straight up and down. That's how I feel. Netflix, y'all should give us a month free. Number two, the the reunion in itself was not spicy. It was mid. They had a live audience this time. I don't know if they had before because I don't remember. But like it was mid. I feel like everybody. Um, Nick Lachey and his wife Vanessa who are hosts of the show and I guess producers of the show are are the ones hosting the reunion I don't think they should anymore no shade but I don't think they should because I don't think that they I don't think that they bring what a host should which is an unbiased lens you could clearly tell who Vanessa cared for and who she didn't like and who she believed and who she didn't believe um, Nick basically said nothing let her run the show cool whatever but she wasn't asking the questions we all wanted to know she did address a lot of the social media stuff that recently happened this week um, things that were dropped she again didn't hold the necessary parties feet to the fire as she should have and she didn't ask the questions we all wanted to know so I thought it was mid considering that they put us through that kerfuffle and that hour and some change glitch I will say this as it relates to the topic of accountability today I feel like, again, the, the when when pe- certain people on the show were asked, like Kwame, um, Kwame is an a, a African man who clearly has a preference for white women. Cool. That's his preference. But instead of just saying that, he made a big, a big kerfuffle when trying to explain why in the first five minutes of his introduction to the show, he said that he was going to go by his other name, his American name, Alex, as opposed to Kwame, because he didn't want to be boxed in. Right. And he kept making commentary that that was indicative of someone who has some subliminal self hate issues they need to work through. And I hate that for us. I hate a person who has internal racism issues and doesn't, and, and in general, but one who doesn't realize it and tries to like over explain without just addressing and taking accountability for that. There's an issue that they need to work through. I hate self-hatred. Ooh, I hate it. It's so sad um, and just really frustrating to watch. And so he kind of puts a lot of the fault on like him being black and not being socially accepted previously, not being able to take his prom date to prom because he was black. And instead of blaming racism, right? Um, And racist people for their deplorable behavior, he's kind of blaming himself for being black as the issue when he's speaking again subliminal self-hate because I don't think he realizes that he's doing it but he also has this thing where he's a fast talker he pull the wool over your eyes if you allow him because he does this political PR talking but to me again the doubling down the over talking does more of a disservice and it comes across as inauthentic and annoying it doesn't come across as we're buying what you're selling because we're not we weren't buying it during the season and we certainly weren't buying it during the reunion i could appreciate again because i'm an optimist that he did apologize to his wife now long story short the girl chelsea that he that he ended up um pick choosing they chose each other because you have to choose each other um you know you meet for a few weeks a few days behind a wall you propose you know the guy proposes if he feels a connection with the girl the girl either accepts or not if she accepts they come out of the the pods that they're in they reveal they reveal themselves to each other they go to mexico for a few days they meet the other couples they live together for a week they plan a wedding for another two weeks and then they get to the altar and they decide is love truly blind will they be together or not boom Everybody thought, I think the general consensus on social media, just like I thought, that he was going to say no. And he wanted a way out. Every single scene that was shot with them, she gave delusion. She gave a hint of or a lot of sprinkles of desperation of being in love with the idea of being in love and being married and no longer being lonely because she kept expressing that. 
and not really focusing on the person, the connection and what he was telling her. He didn't want to move to her city. He didn't really want to have kids right away. Like she did. It just didn't seem that he was interested. It seemed that she was kind of like forceful and like kind of forcing the idea down his throat. And again, he blamed that on editing that he really does love her that he, you know, he's this past year since the show has been filmed that he's been so happy to be with her um, and all the things and all the things. And that may very well be true that we didn't see everything because editing is a thing. But again, deflecting and pointing the finger at editing um does not negate what we did see because we there's things we didn't see but all the things we did see were indicative you was just not that into her straight up i was i was surprised that he he said yes because he seemed like he was looking for a way out and it also is not seemed but it was evident that he liked this other girl micah who ended up picking this guy paul and they didn't end up getting married but every time micah was in a room once they were all revealed to each other he lit up like a freaking christmas tree so for me for the person you chose to marry um there was no spark whatsoever in any scene with her. He barely gave her eye contact. So it just it just seemed like he was so uncomfortable. Um, so for him to say he was uncomfortable on camera is weird too because according to the receipts on social media, he was on a couple of other shows. And again, he didn't seem uncomfortable with the girl that he really seemed to be into that essentially broke up with him. So I just think that, yes, he should have apologized to his wife because they're still married, but it still gave PR political explanation and it kind of still felt inauthentic like I'm not buying it like I said they may very well be in love and Godspeed and God bless if you like it I love it everybody deserves to be happy with whomever they choose so if they're truly happy I hope it works out for him I hope it works out for her I just want better for women black white polka dot as it relates to the desperation and the delusion and the idea of just wanting to be with someone instead of focusing on Focusing on what looks good on paper instead of focusing on what looks good on you, which is something I've said in previous episodes. And just the idea of just having someone instead of being alone for a little while and actually finding the person that's truly worthy of you and treat you the way you deserve. And I just think that she didn't, you know, it, it's, it's, it was just sad to watch. But they seem to be happy now, so good luck to them. Again, I would love for him to, like, really probably get a therapist and explore, like, his commentary as it relates to who he is. He claims he loves his name. He's proud of his heritage and all that jazz, but everything that they showed on the camera um, was indicative of subliminal self hate. And it's but so much editing people could do. They could only edit what you give them. So again, I'm really not buying what he's selling, but wish them the best. Now, another couple, Brett and Tiffany were a black couple that got married. They, their organic chemistry. It seemed seamless. It seemed real. It was authentic. Love them, rooting for them. Favorite couple. I think that everybody who watched the show would say they're the favorite couple. They were the best couple. They didn't get a lot of airtime because they were unproblematic, which is sad. We don't show real love or showcase black love nearly as much as we need to. Two beautiful, successful black people flourishing found love behind a wall and are very much still happily married. Um, Tiffany ate down to the ground with that white dress um, on the reunion. Habu looked cute too. Um, he is a sneaker designer, I think, for Nike. So he wore sneakers with his suit, but it was still cool. Everybody else was lackluster um, on the look. So there was really nothing to write home about. A lot of them tried to match, which was cute. Um, Zach and Bliss an interesting story, both very quirky. Bliss um, and her family are great. I really like her energy. I feel like she was best suited for him. He picked a mean girl initially, but I think that that goes um, 
that goes and then he realized that the mean girl wasn't for him and that bliss was really the one for him because they had more in common but i think that based on bliss's interests and personality traits and how hyper intelligent she was and how they had like similar like dorky quote-unquote nerdy interests he knew that he was more aligned with her behind that wall but i think that he picked the irena the mean girl initially and then double back and went to bliss and proposed to bliss and apologized to bliss he picked irena the mean girl because she seemed more fun and her personality traits were opposite of his and even though she seemed more fun and more aloof and really quite frankly uninterested which she proved to be later on i think that men and just people in general even though this is an experiment about not seeing people visually they equate certain party girl or fun girl traits to pretty girls and nerdy traits or interests to girls who are not attractive. But the gag was bliss was way more pretty um, than Irina. Um, And that was the irony of it all. So you can't make assumptions. And that was what the show was about. But I do think that even behind the wall, although they're supposed to be open to not making assumptions, they made damn assumptions anyway. Um, And so he's lucky that bliss gave him the second opportunity. She did hold his feet to the fire a little bit. Um, and as she should before giving him the opportunity, but they essentially found each other. They seem to be very happy. So hope they make it too. Um, the other couples didn't get married. Marshall and Jackie Chow got to cover it super, super quick. So Marshall and Jackie were another black couple. Jackie is one of those girls that, um, is so used to toxicity. And she said she wasn't, she's never really been loved property properly that when she found the nice guy like Marshall, he was off putting to her. And he, she kind of like, you know, kept weaponizing his niceness against him and saying he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to like, you know, man up, boss up, boss up. And I think that what she equated love to be was to be aggression, was to be toxicity. And she's the type of person that only functions in dysfunction. And she wants to stay comfortable in the dysfunction, even though she's, when she's speaking, she's acting as if she wants something different. She wants to be treated properly. But far be it from anybody to treat somebody better than they, they, they think that they're worth being treated by, like, right? Like, it was, it was sad to see it play out the way it did. Sister didn't want to give the ring back. She ended up going on a date, allegedly, with another guy on a show that was kind of like trying to clown Marshall and trying to play him, even though Marshall looked way better than him and obviously had a way more um, pleasing personality. Um, the other guy just looked like he wanted to stir the pot and get camera time. He bought some supermarket flowers, and she ended up riding off into the sunset with him. And apparently him her and him are still together but they have similar personality traits like they they're with the bs they like the toxicity and so like i said he she linked with the other guy after the fact because he was the he was indicative and representative of the dysfunction and toxicity that she's used to and so like i said some people can't can't function in dysfunction can only function in dysfunction and she's one of those people and so basically she didn't come she was allegedly posting a million receipts um, and like posting a million receipts and like really going off on production and again, again, deflecting, not taking accountability for any of her actions, um, and just continuously blaming production for everything. And basically saying he called her a derogatory name and that's why she spazzed out on him. And that's why they had the big blow up and that's why she left him. And she kept saying, you know, wait till the reunion and sis didn't show up to the reunion child. So my whole point was all of that. First of all, I guess NDAs don't exist anymore. All of that was for nothing because her and the new and the new guy she was with definitely sat there and did a pre-recorded three-minute interview with Vanessa Lachey and they just uh pr- you know like premiered it during the reunion. But 
like Marshall said, he was slighted because he was slighted with her not showing up to the dress fitting and just not even going to the altar to just say, no, I don't want to be married. But he was also slighted in the reunion because everyone else came, even the villains came, you know, to, for their feet to be held to the fire to face the music. But she got prefer preferential treatment and got to state her piece without having any rebuttals. But again, people who don't think there's anything wrong with them will always find a way to not only deflect, avoid accountability, but also not have to face their ish in public. She's literally the quintessential example of a person who knows only how to function and dysfunction. She definitely created problems where there were none, and not to say that Marshall was perfect, but she definitely was a self-sabotager. Um, and she normal she normalizes her toxicity as a replacement. You know what I'm saying? And so I just think that she shouldn't have got professional treatment. They should have told her if you're not gonna come to face the music and do what what requiring of all cast members, then you need not come. Because to sit there and say you're a little piece, um, without having to deal with whatever he was going to say was wax sauce and i feel like he definitely deserved better but he handled it in a classy way and yeah love is blind it was just child the season was interesting and and but the i feel like we could have done without that if that's how the reunion was gonna be child y'all could have just pre-recorded it because it was a waste of time so really quick coachella 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 my favorite people that I saw in the photos and the footage for Coachella were Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor does not ever disappoint. And I think that the Coachella look is definitely like her normal look. I think that it fits her perfectly, like the crop tops and the um, distressed, uh, you know, cargo pants with the big booties and the short haircut popping. Perfect. You know, her stomach is flawless. We love her, and she's a Harlem girl, so shout out to Tiana Taylor. We love her, and I heard her movie was really good, and I'm going to check it out um, this week. So, Weedie, she always gives the looks, honey. I don't care what nobody says about Sweetie. She gives a look. She makes a statement. Whether you like it or not, you're going to remember, usually, what she wore visually. She gives a look, and she commits to it. I love it. She, I think I saw two or three Coachella looks, and I love them all. It definitely is indicative of her personality. It gave fun girl, gumdrops, lollipops, with a little bit of rodeo realness. Um, she had on this um, one ensemble that was all leather, like a two-piece rodeo thing, like, um, you know, and it was like a dip in the back, like low rise, super, super bomb. She always got the nails on fleek. So we love her. Get yourself a pair of Sinet Nicole Luxury Press On Nails at jallure.com. If you haven't done so already, the link is in my bio on all my socials. And I post it every day on my stories. We have a new uh, design called Passenger Princess, which is a hot pink with um, di a diamond embellishment on the middle finger that you guys will love. Shout out to all my passenger princesses because I'm one. I am going to actually drive this year, <laughs> but not for long because I plan on getting married again and becoming a passenger princess once again. It's just who I am. Don't judge me. Um, Ryan Destiny looked really cute. It was very simplistic, a little hat, a little um, fishnet wraparound skirt. Very, very cute. She always understands the assignment for the men because, you know, I often say I need to cover more men. Love, love, love YG. And we loved Lotto, honey bun. But that is it for me. Let me know what you thought about the hot topics of today, about accountability. I love y'all for free, for real, in the long way. Be sure to keep your standards just as high as these egg prices, honey. Be sure to log on to SynetNicole.com for all Synet Nicole experiences. When you know your worth, you don't give discounts. Get my Know Your Worth mantra tea on SynetNicole.com. And as always, I will catch you all 
next time.